Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 3 how Eve could have guarded her eyes before the fall to protect her from falling, but how we can learn today from the Bible how we can guard our eyes before a fall. Now, this message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Download it for free or listen to it. You can also go to iTunes.com and sign up for the Friendship with God podcast on your iPhone or smart device, friendshipwithgod.org, or iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, Tom Cantor wants to invite you and your family out to Museum Day 2014 at the Creation and Earth History Museum here in Santee, California. And it's on September 27th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's Saturday, September 27th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you know anyone in the Southern California area that would like to come to Museum Day 2014 here at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Now, Tom Cantor is the owner and operator of this original Creation Museum here in Santee, California, right in San Diego, California. And we'll have Tom Cantor speaking that day as well as Dr. Jason Lyle, Eric Hovind, and Ray Comfort, and Bill Morgan, and other great speakers and this year's theme is going to be on Noah's Ark and the Door of Salvation. We'll be screening movies like Noah's Ark from Ray Comfort. And also from Eric Hoven, we'll be screening the new Genesis 3D movie. We'll also have a Noah's Adventure Land with rides, games, bounce houses, face paintings, even a 2 by 2 petting zoo, as well as a great Animals After the Ark animal show that will show zebras, zorses, and legless lizards, even a miniature bull. We'll also have food and catering events such as Shim Ham and J-Pest Barbecue and Catastrophic Coffee, as well as, again, rides, games. It's a great fair environment, as well as family fun and learning about God and evangelism and creation. We'd love to invite you out to this free event on Saturday, September 27th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, go online to Creation SD for San Diego, creationsd.org, creationsd.org. Or call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051, Museum Day 2014. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis 3 how Eve should have guarded her eyes before the fall and how we can learn from the Bible today how to guard our eyes before a fall. Okay, let's pray. Lord, today our hearts are like closed books and there's empty pages on those books and they're sitting on bookshelves. And Lord, just now we ask you to take the books of our hearts off of those shelves, open the books, Lord, write on the blank pages the truths of your word this morning as we study. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now if you take your your Bibles now and follow along as I read in Genesis chapter 3, beginning of verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, 
and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles also shall it bring to thee, bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Now, we've been studying so far this tragic downfall. That's what it really was. It was a downhill course that Eve followed that finally led to that momentous, terrible event we call the fall. And when we study what happened to Eve and look at it carefully, the very worst thing that we can do as students in studying this is to take a particular position where we... We, 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 we get on our high judge's platform and say, Eve, you are so dumb. How could you do that? I would never fall like that, Eve. That's very dangerous. If we do that, it's extremely dangerous. Why? Because in 2 Peter 3.17, Peter told us, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before. Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. See what Peter said? He said, you know these things? Now you beware. Because you beware because you could become an also statistic. And also along with E, very easy, you could be led away by the air of the wicked, and you are steadfast now, but you can fall from that steadfastness. That's what Peter was saying. And a, we were just a strong believer very recently fell, and we were discussing it just last week, and one person said it like this. He said, in the very area that he prided himself as being strong, that's the very area that he fell in. So the best thing that we can do is to recognize that you and I are just as weak as Eve. I remember a corporate president, corporate, corporate president one time who'd been convicted of fraud, went to prison, served time, and then the FBI actually had a meeting of company presidents and they invited him to be the speaker. And so they waited for him to appear on the platform and he was behind stage and all of a sudden he comes out wearing his orange prison uniform and everybody was shocked and they want to and, and the first words that he said out of his mouth was this let me tell you you from my experience you are just one bad decision away from wearing this uniform 
You know what Eve would say to us if she came here today and she would and we would be discussing her, she would say, "Look, you are just one bad decision away from doing what I did." That's important for us to keep in mind. We're just one bad decision away. So let's learn from her how she fell into sin. Let's take all the precautions we can to keep ourselves from falling in the same way that she did so we don't do what she did. Now, the first is the first, and, and like we just said, the first thing to realize is that we're just one bad decision away. This can affect us. And so we are capable of falling into sin. We have to say that we are capable of falling into sin. It doesn't matter how long we may have known the Lord Jesus Christ, walked with Him, been in His Word, been people of prayer, know all the hymns in the church, be regular in the attendance, one bad decision away from falling. And that's very important. Now, she knew. Now, let, let, let's just consider Eve just in our mind for a minute and just look at her here and, 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 and say, did she know what she was not supposed to do? Well, she knew that she was not supposed to eat from the tree. Very good. Now, let's just set aside this issue that we've talked about in the past about the fact that Eve added to what God said. And let's just say that Eve also, in her mind, really sincerely knew that there was something else that she, should, that she was not supposed to do. She was not supposed to touch the tree. Now, uh, let's just set aside the issue of, the, uh, of her adding to what God said, and, just, and let's just kind of put the best spin that we can on it for Eve. And if we do that, we, we would say, um, uh, she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. She was wrong to say that you would die if you touched it. But it was not bad for her to have a certain personal policy to not touch the tree. That's okay. That was going in the right direction. Give the tree a wide berth. You know, as a personal policies, that's not bad. There's nothing wrong with personal policies. Personal policies are good things. The Bible doesn't say, well, you know, now, ladies, you should uh, n- not come to church with bikinis. The Bible doesn't say that. But ladies have personal policies, not come to church with the bikinis. That's a good thing. Thank you, ladies, for having that personal policy. Eve had a personal policy about her hand. And with regard to her hand, her personal policy was, don't touch the fruit. But she didn't have a personal policy about another part of her body. And that part of her body was one that we wish she did. And you know what part of that body she didn't have a personal policy about? Her eye. Her eye. She didn't have a personal policy to not look at the fruit of the tree. Eve! Why didn't you say, neither shall we touch it, nor look at it? Eve, where's the guard? Where's the guard, Eve, on your eyes? A guard, Eve, a guard. You need a guard for your eyes, Eve. And Satan knew. Satan knew that Eve did not have a personal policy on what she would not look at. Satan knew that if Eve left her eye gate with no guard, which she did, Satan knew this about Eve, and so that's why it says in Genesis 3, 5, the serpent, we see the serpent moving in, 
with all of his senses on high alert. He's honed in, he's honing in, and he's looking for where's that weak spot in Eve. And he's got it, and it's her eyes. And that's exactly the area that he uses to bring Eve down through those unguarded eyes. See verse verse 5. Eve, your eyes, those eyes of yours opened, Eve. Your eyes shall be open. You should be, oh yeah, look, Eve, look, the fruit. Just look right over here, Eve. Just look. And with no guard on her eyes, there's no resistance. And so she just lets her eyes go on and look. You know what this shows us about Satan? Satan is an analyzer. And he analyzes each one of us. And he watches for the area of our weakness, like he found it with Eve in her eyes. And he, you, can, you can bet he's going to, like a snake, hone right in on that particular area, which is what he did. So now you look at verse 6, and it says, And the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And she saw with those unguarded eyes. And then notice what it says. It was pleasant to the eyes. And you know my story. That is an eight-year-old Jewish boy, a bad boy, put into military school. That's not where Jewish parents put their kids, but they did me. And the first thing they told me when I was in school is they said, now this is the fire alarm right here. Don't touch it. Well, when they said that to me, don't touch it. That fire alarm became the center of my attention. It became the center of my focus. It became a must-do every day. I had to touch the fire alarm. One day the fire alarm went off. Once Satan had Eve fixated on that tree, she was like me with the fire alarm. That was the only interesting thing in the garden there. Just like for me, the fire alarm was the only interesting thing. That tree became for her the most beautiful the most desirable tree of all the trees that are in the garden. And then she lusted after that tree. And her soul became overpowered by the fascination that she had with that tree. She said, I wonder what it looks like from this side and from that side. I wonder how it grows. And she just became consumed by that tree. And pretty soon, her compulsive occupation with that tree left her out of control. And she was out of control way beyond the point of any constraint till finally she couldn't stand it any longer. She couldn't stand it anymore and she just had to take that fruit of the tree. And she says there, and she took the fruit thereof and did eat. What do we learn from this? First, the actual fall itself, it was, it was pretty quick, just like that. It was just, 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 it just, right away, it just happened. So quick, so easy. The critical point came during the temptation, before. Back up. That's where the critical, critical point comes. The fall's a fall. It's quick. Where did Eve go wrong? Eve, as we've said, posted no guard on her eyes. There was no guard on her eyes. She decided she didn't have to have a guard posted on her eyes. Now, before the fall, Eve said, in essence, I've decided to not have a guard at my eyes. And that was the one bad decision that she made. Just like we talked about, one bad decision before the fall. That was her bad decision that stood between Eve and the fall. What's the lesson? 
We need to post a guard at our eyes. That's so important. It's so important to have a guard at our eyes. It's not only important for Eve. It's not only important for for women. It's especially important for men, for us. Why? Because if we men don't put a guard at our eyes, we'll be giving ladies the once-over. Then the once-over will become a twice-over. Then the twice-over eventually will become a 14-time-over. And there goes out the window friendship with God. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, put it really well when he said in Lamentations 3.51, Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. He realized, Jeremiah realized, that that his eye was being taken away by watching all the girls go by in his city, watching all the pretty girls in his city. And it wasn't just, a, it wasn't just, a, a, just his eyes that was fascinated. He says, mine heart, mine eye is affecting my heart. What does he mean by that? You know, uh, these, 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 these women are beautiful and gorgeous and, and friendship with God. Nah, ooh, not any friendship with God. Oh, See, he saw that. He saw that that was happening. And he understood this. He understood that his heart was chained to his eyes. And so he said to himself, it's going to come down to a decision. A heart for God or an eye for ladies. What's it going to be, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah made that choice. And he says, because I saw this, he says, it's going to be a heart for God. You know, Proverbs 4.23 gives us the, the, the priority in these kinds of decisions. It reads like this. Keep and that's the word guard. Keep thy heart with all diligence, every bit of strength that you have. Keep that heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? It says, for out of it are the issues of life. What's that mean? That means that when our hearts are, have a friendship with God, we have life because we are connected to the life giver. But when our heart goes away from God, then we go into darkness and death. So he said, you, whatever you do, whatever it is that could take your heart away from God, get rid of it, because keep your heart with all diligence, because that's where your life comes from. Job also had this problem, and he told us exactly what, what he had to do to get a grip on this problem in Job 31.1. He said, I, this is Job speaking, I made a covenant with mine eyes. He said, I made an agreement with mine eyes. He said, I, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Can't you imagine this with Job? Can you just picture the situation? Here's Job, he's sitting down. He's sitting down here and his eyes are over here. It's like he takes his eyes out and he says to them, now you and I are going to have an agreement. You and I are going to come to an agreement and I'm going to set a guard because I am not going to allow you eyes to feed my mind to fantasize about some woman. That's what he was saying. Why then? He said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? He realized that from the eye gate comes the, 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 the flooding, sweeping away of the fantasies. And so he says, I got an agreement with my eyes. Like that. He says, discipline, guard. 
Now, Job understood something. He said also in, in Job 15, 12, he said, Why doth thine heart carry thee away? See, that's the tsunami. That's the flood that comes in. Thine heart just carries thee away. And all of a sudden, when the heart becomes engaged, and you feel like you have no strength at all, and you're just carried away. That's what he said. Why doth thine heart carry thee away? And what do thy eyes wink at? See, he's asking that question. It's a good question. Job 31, 7. If my step hath turned out of the way, and my heart walked after mine eyes. Isn't that interesting? It, when it, he says, my heart will just come like an obedient puppy dog, just being led by the eyes. That's what he's saying here. If my heart has turned out of the way, and my heart just goes walking after mine eyes. Job understood that if he decided to sit down there on the quarter and just watch all the girls go by, that his heart was going to be like a, like, a, like a little puppy dog on a leash and his eyes would be pulling that puppy dog along wherever the eyes went. And he said, I don't want to be led by my eyes. I don't want to be led by my heart. So we're going to break this relationship right now. And we're going to do this, as he said, by controlling the eyes. I don't want to be a little puppy dog pulled along by lust. Turn to Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. It's a very interesting passage. It has a lot of memory for me, and I'll explain to you in a minute. This passage says, Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine, eyelid, and let thine eyelid, eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You know, in the 1970s, I used to love to go down to San Diego Hardware. And those of you who remember, San Diego Hardware used to be at 845th Avenue. And it was just a great place, San Diego Hardware. You can find anything you wanted. And it was uh, any kind of a knob and any kind of a latch and any kind of a screw. And it had these old wooden floors in there. And there was the basement. And, and it was just a great place. Well, the problem was is that in 1970, San Diego was, sti was still very much a sailor town. And they were, there were some raunchy, pornographic houses down there. And so one time I took my two boys, David and Joseph, down there, and they were about eight or nine, and we couldn't park near the store like we wanted to, and so we had to walk, and we had to walk by those raunchy places. So before I got out of the car, I said to my boys, I said, boys, I said, I want you to listen to what God says from the Bible. Got my Bible out, and I read that part, and I said, now, boys, we're going to be passing by some bad places. And I know that you're going to be like me, and I don't want you looking in those doors, and I don't want you trying to see behind those drapes, because as we walk down Fifth Avenue by those ba bad places, I wanted you to do exactly what the Bible says here. Let thine eyes look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Think about it, boys. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, not to the right hand, boys, not to the left hand, boys. Remove thy foot from evil. Good advice. Solomon gives us, and who could better give us the advice than Solomon, who fell in that very area himself. Now, after the fall, 
God, we, we, we focus now on God because now both Adam and Eve are ruined, ruined. They have ruined their friendship with God. They have broken their friendship God, with God. They have separated themselves from God. They have alienated themselves from God. They have cut off their relationship with God. And that's ruin. That's ruin for them. That's ruin for anyone to be alienated from God. That's the worst ruin, to be separated from God. Nothing worse. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, as our resource of the month, Tom Cantor is offering his book called Whosoever Will Versus Fatalism. That's Whosoever Will Versus Fatalism, a tremendous book by Tom Cantor that will answer the spiritual questions of what is fatalism and what is fatalistic Calvinism. And did God intend to save everybody? Did he die for all people? Did he come that all should come to repentance? And who can resist God's will? What are chosen and changed children? And did God predestinate people to die and to go to hell? This book will show us that we're all individually faced with a personal crisis of obedience, just as Joseph and Eve and even Judas faced crises of obedience to God. Now, this book examines the character of God and His promises and compares them with the teachings of the Bible and fatalistic Calvinism and provokes us with the questions of what if God misled and what if God lied to us? Now, the most important and eye-opening part of this book is that Tom Cantor himself was once a fatalistic Calvinist. And if you'd like a copy of this resource of the month from Tom Cantor, his book called Whosoever Will Versus Fatalism, you can get a copy by calling us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Get this resource of the month for a $20 or more donation Whosoever Will versus Fatalism, a great book from Tom Cantor, 800-247-3051, or order it online at our resource center at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us 800-247-3051.